grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This is a recording of the Key Row Film Society. And today, as you can maybe tell from the intro music, is going to have a Superman theme to it. Um, I said last week I was going to focus on superheroes. Well, I decided to focus on one specific superhero, namely Superman, the Man of Steel. Um, the music that you heard at the beginning is uh, a sequence of several of the themes. Started with John Williams' iconic Superman theme, followed with... Uh, the theme from Man of Steel, then came the Lois and Clark Adventures of Superman theme, then came Somebody Save Me by, from the show Smallville, and then the last one was a theme composed by Robert J. Crawl from the straight-to-DVD Superman Doomsday. So, uh, to begin, so this episode I got a, quite a few things on the schedule for that is Superman-themed. Uh, first, we're going to talk about the Batman v Superman film. Uh, second, we are going to um, go through a ranking. I'm going to rank uh, my super, the best Superman movies ever made. And so, actually, not only the movies, the soundtracks, the um, some of the actors, some of the roles, and then finally, we are going to do a, a huge. It's going to be a massive uh, analysis slash review. Of all of the Superman films. So uh, with that in mind. Uh, we begin with our little segue into uh, Batman v Superman. And before I get into that. I'm going to note that I have finally seen that movie. Uh, Miracles from Heaven. Which I said I wanted to review. But I'm going to leave that for later this week. Um, later this week I'm going to take on God's Not Dead. And God's Not Dead 2. And Miracles from Heaven. Uh, they're all Christian movies. I know I try to do that only once a month, but since it's being released in theater, it kind of works well as a theme to deal with the sequence of Christian movies that I'm going to straight up say are probably not going to have very favorable reviews, but they're important to talk about. So with that in mind, uh, let's, uh, let's listen to the uh, trailer for Batman v Superman. Person. 
flying America Senator. That power can be innocent. You're gonna go to war. That son of a bitch brought the war to us. You know you can't win this. It's suicide. The greatest gladiator match in the history of the world. Son of Krypton versus Bat of Gotham. You're psychotic. That is a three-syllable word for any thought too big for little minds. It's time you learn what it means to be a man. Stay down! If I wanted it, you'd be dead already. If man won't kill God, the devil will do it. So there you go. That's the trailer for the movie uh, Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, which came out this past Friday. Uh, since it came out in theaters, I have seen it already twice. Um, because I wanted to get a pretty good I good viewing on it. And I will, I will straight up say my second viewing did not improve uh, my opinion of it. And in fact, if it did anything, it might have made my view of it worse. Uh, Batman v Superman is a movie that's really, really frustrating to watch. Because it's a movie that's got so many things going for it. Uh, I think Henry, Henry Cavill in here is done, is a great, I think he's a very good Superman. Is he good as Christopher Reeves? No, but I think he's started to get there. Uh, you have Ben Affleck is turning out to be a great Batman. I honestly think... He is the best Batman we've seen on live-action television. No, he is not as good. His voice, he's still not uh, um, the absolute uh, Batman. But I would say he was. he's about as good as we got. Um, the writing, the fight scene, the way that they had him fighting, um, especially there's this scene where he clears a warehouse, and you can actually see the trailer for this online, which is just pitch perfect, really, really shows off. Um, that they are starting to finally get the character Batman. I know it took, let's see, they didn't get really get it in the 1989 Batman, or the 92 Batman, or the 95 Batman, or the 97 one. They didn't get it with any of those three of uh, Nolan. So it took eight movies for them to really get Batman. I guess, you know, he's only been around since the 30s, so he's kind of hard to write, but... So they just don't have much material, right? No, not really. So it's kind of been frustrating for anybody that's a fan of Batman watching how they just keep botching his character. And so finally, finally, this this movie, they got a good Batman. And Ben Affleck, everybody was getting mad, you know, up in arms, like, oh, we can't have him. He's a horrible actor. Rah, 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 rah. Well... 
he's he did a great job. I mean, like he's not he's no Kevin Conroy, but he did a good job. Uh, Gail Gadot, I believe her name is, uh, who played Wonder Woman, uh, did a great job as well. I, um, every scene she she was in, she took command of it, and that is really really. Uh, that's actually kind of difficult to do, given the fact that she is sharing that screen with Superman and Batman, two of the, really the two most established superheroes in the history of comic books. And, you know, she's right there on the same screen with them, and she does not bend to them. Gal Gadot, who plays Wonder Woman, she takes command. She does a wonderful job in her character. The few moments she shows up, she's good. And, um, you know, they do just... They don't do a lot with her because this movie is not really her movie. Um, this is just kind of a, a good way to kind of bring her forth into the audience. Uh, the, this is, and this isn't really even a Batman movie, even though Batman's in the film. This is a Superman movie. Primarily, because the focus is very, very much on Superman. It's very much continuing the thoughts from Man of Steel that, you know, um, you know Kevin Costner, who plays uh, Jonathan Kent, and Lawrence Fishburne, who plays Perry White, both ask that question, like, what would the world do if somebody like Superman existed? How would they react? Batman v Superman is very much a continuation of that thought, of that thought process. And so, um, and so, like I said, it's very much focusing on that. And there's some great moments in terms of directing. I love a lot of the shots they show with Superman. They really do something that the Man of Steel kind of failed at. And that is it really captured the majestic nature of Superman. Superman is a hero that is probably one of the hardest ones to write on a cinematic level. Because on the one hand, is you, I mean, you want to create, you want to maintain the majestic nature that he has. That he is just on another level above any other hero. The colors that they give him, he's got the bright blue and the red. The way he looks, and he looks even better, I think, in uh, Batman v Superman than he did in Man of Steel. But the way he looks... Uh, think of those early minutes of the first Superman movie. It just leaves you with awe, and it just makes your imagination run wild, just watching this awesome character. But the other hand, you ha want to try to make him relatable. You want a character that people can relate to. And Man of Steel did very well with that in the first half of its movie, but just completely fell off the reservation in the second half. In Batman v Superman, they completely lost that um, relatability. It's just completely gone. So what really what you have in this movie is you've got all of these things about... Um, you, have, you have a lot of things working for you, and there's plot points that they, they introduce... Uh, the reason why, the scene that really establishes why Bruce Wayne, Batman, is not a fan of Superman is a very good scene. And they just don't play off of it. I mean, that 
there's this moment, you see it in the trailers, where uh, Bruce Wayne is, you know, running into um, Metropolis as the tower, his company's tower, is coming, tumbling down, and it does collapse. Many of his employees are dead. And he looks over and he sees this little girl right underneath this beam that's about to collapse. And he runs and he picks her up and he rescues her. And he says to the girl, this is little girl, where is your mom? And she, she doesn't say anything. She just points up at this building being destroyed. Letting you know that her mom is dying up in that building. That was that that moment is just just hit punch hits you in the gut. It's an emotional moment with no words, just a little bit of music is just perfect. And they didn't capitalize on it. You had something to build on and they don't go with it. And there are multiple moments and they can't and they've got, you know, I'm going to talk about some of the... I'm not going to go too much into this movie because it's still in theaters. And as I've mentioned, I don't want to do reviews or analysis of movies in theaters because I don't want to give away spoilers. And this one is one in order to truly analyze. I would have to give away big, big spoilers. Because uh, those big spoilers are key to some of the ideas flowing through this movie. But hopefully as I go through... The other Superman movies, it should kind of let you in on the ideas in the new movie. But the problem is, like I said, this movie has ideas flowing with it, theological questions, ethnic, philosophical questions going on in the movie, but it won't, doesn't stick with one thought. It doesn't stick with plot points. This movie is just jumbled. It doesn't, it's got a whole bunch of pieces and it has all the ingredients for a great movie, but it seems that it forgot the recipe. And it leaves the movie disappointing and makes you go home hoping, just hoping they'll get it right the next time. It honestly reminds me a lot of the ways I felt of the Amazing Spider-Man franchise. You know, the... Um, the ones with the, that Mark Webb directed, you know, just a few years ago. The that's what kind of comes to my mind. I remember watching those movies. Like they got the ingredients. They got a pretty decent Spider Man. Um, I love Emma Stone as uh Gwen Stacy. They had some moments here, but they didn't capitalize. They had they're missing pieces and they forgot to do things. A lot of the same problems with Amazing Spider-Man are the problems with Batman v Superman. Man of Steel, I have complaints with, and I'm going to get to that a little bit later here. But those complaints, um, I would well, but I will say this: Man of Steel had a consistent plot point. It had a single track mind. The problems with Man of Steel was not in its plot, totally. Batman v Superman is not that the plot in of itself is bad. as You've got too many plots that you're not letting flesh out. And you're not... The writers should have been stopping and asking important questions. And there's scenes, and I'm not going to talk about it because I don't want to spoil, but there are scenes where the writers should have sat there and thought, huh, if I were... This character, 
how would I have reacted? They should have stepped back and asked that question and done something with it. But they don't do that on multiple occasions. There are multiple scenes that have huge emotional punch that they don't play off of. And then when they have the very high, high, what should be a very emotional moment, it's not as emotional as it could have been because they did not earn it. They did not earn the right for that emotion. They did not build it. They failed on, this is a failure at the screenplay. This is, this is a scriptwriter's problem. All right? So if I were to give a, you know, on a scale of, you know, five-star scale, I would say I'd probably give it two and a half stars. Um, and that seems to be pretty consistent with what's been on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I'm right now on um, Internet Movie Database. Average is 7.4 out of 10. I kind of think that's, I actually think that's kind of generous. Uh, Metacritic gives it 44 of 10, uh, or 44 out of 100, sorry. Um, right now, uh, Batman v Superman is at 28%, but uh, more notable I want to look at is the, the average review is 5 out of 10, which I think that just perfectly explain, um, tells you, um, how to view it. And so, and this is a critic consensus, Batman v Superman Donna Justice smothers a potentially powerful story and some of America's most iconic superheroes in a grim whirlwind of effects-driven action. I don't know if I agree with that effects-driven action part, and I know a lot of people talked about that and they're complaining about it. The kind of the way I read the reviews, I was expecting a Michael Bay movie. And fortunately, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> um, but it's, it, but I agree with the rest of it. A smothers a potentially powerful story. That says it all. And I hope, 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 hope they learn from this film. And learn from what they're hearing. And if they need to, pull in someone who's good at doctoring scripts. Pull in the guys that wrote the Dark Knight trilogies. Don't pull them in. I mean, I don't pull them in to write the script, but pull them in to look at it. Help you along with the story. Don't have them come up with the story, but help them make your story cohesive. Uh, and I am seeing, and I'm going to get to in a little bit, uh, some of the problems that were Superman in particular that they're digging themselves a hole with Superman's character. And it's going to be really hard to create Superman. And, and it will show why I think it's good that they didn't focus, that they didn't get too much into Batman's backstory or too much into Wonder Woman's backstory. Because this way they're only mucking it up with one character um, as opposed to three. So one movie I'm worried, one of the movie, one of the franchises I'm worried about. The other two... It's still up in the air. Um, I liked there's a, some of the other characters I I did love. Um, one character that I kind of have a mixed uh, emotions is um, actually a couple actors that kind of have mixed emotions. Amy Adams as Lois Lane. 
Uh, honestly, I'm really not a huge fan of her performance, and I don't think that's her fault necessarily. Uh, I think she just doesn't have great writing. Hopefully they elevate that. Uh, Jeremy Irons, is he's a conflicted one, conflicting one for me. Because he's got the look. He got. I mean, he he has Alfred's voice. If I close my eyes and I heard him talk like that, is Alfred without a doubt. He sounds more like Alfred than any other Alfred actor that I've ever ha- they've ever done. But he doesn't have the look, and it's kind of a he doesn't look the way I imagine Alfred. Is that fair? I don't. Probably not. But it's kind of hard to get past. The other one, the third person, and this is the one that I'm going to really be negative with, is Jesse Eisenberg, who plays Lex Luthor. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg is a good actor. Don't get me wrong. He really is. And I think he actually puts in a good performance in this movie. But he did not put a good performance for this character. One frustrating thing about the Superman franchise as much as they have struggled for so long to get Batman right, they just cannot seem to get Lex Luthor right. Movie, they have had... Uh, let's see, they've had now... This is the seventh Lex Luthor movie. Or no, sixth movie with a Lex Luthor. And none of them have gotten him right in the films. They make some of the same mistakes over and over and over again. And in my honest opinion, Jesse Eisenberg showed that he'd be a great supervillain actor. But I think he'd be much more fitting in a role like the Riddler. He'd actually make a great Riddler. But the way they wrote him was not like Lex Luthor. He was much more in line with some of the Batman villains. So... All right, so that's my thoughts on Batman v Superman. So, And with that, we're going to roll into the segment where we are going to focus on my rankings of the various uh, Superman categories. So 
So that's a little bit of uh, music from The Man of Steel and some little bit of clips from it. So I'm going to begin my rankings. And so here's the things I'm going to rank. I'm going to rank the best Superman soundtracks, the best actors of Lois Lane, Lex Luthor, and Superman. So we begin. So let's first rank the Superman actors. And I'm only going live action, so no animated. Um, and it's going to be movies or television. And so I'm only doing a top five of these roles because I didn't want to have to try to consider uh, the old black and white TV series, which I'm not familiar enough with. So anyways, um, number five for Superman actors, Brandon Routh, uh, super, which was in Superman Returns. Uh, Brandon Routh was, he was okay as Batman. He was okay as Superman. But he just did not wow in any of the roles. Um, I don't want to say he's a horrible actor. He's not a bad actor. I just don't think he quite sold the Superman part. I love him as um, Ray Palmer in the uh, Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow. But here he was kind of lacking. Uh, number four, Tom Welling from Smallville. Uh, good show. All together was a good series. Uh, number three, Dean Kane from uh, Lois and Clark: The Adventures of Superman. Number three, number two, uh, Henry Cavill, who is in Man of Steel, Batman versus Batman, the Superman. The ones are going on right now, and I think he's doing a great performance in what he does. And then number one, Christopher Reeve uh, for. The original Superman films. And he is still the measure by which everyone that ever puts on the cape is going to be compared. He nailed Clark Kent. He nailed Superman. No one has done both perfectly. Henry Cavill, I think, has nailed Superman. I don't know yet if he's nailed uh, Clark Kent. I think he's still a little struggling with that, but I think he's done great. Uh, with Superman. Uh, top Lex Luthers. Number five, Kevin Spacey. This is going to be kind of with the ironic um, rankings because really the two best actors in terms of skill are the worst two Lex Luthers. Kevin Spacey had the look of Lex Luthor uh, and I think he was actually a great choice for the role. He just didn't have the script. The script for Lex Luthor was based off of the Lex Luthor of the 1970s and the 80s, which does not work anymore. And it was, it was very disappointing watching Superman Returns because of what they do with Kevin Spacey. Lex Luthor is just an absolutely dull villain. Uh, number four, Jesse Eisenberg. As I mentioned before, uh, he did okay in his performance, but it was just the wrong Lex Luthor. Gene Hackman's number three, and it seems weird that I pick him because, you know, really him and Spacey kind of played the same character. Well, the difference is, is ha Hackman was in the 70s. He could have that character, and he was playing off of um, the old version of Lex Luthor. And, you know, he, and he did good with what he had. You know, the greatest criminal mind of our time. Uh, Gene Hackman was great with that role. But uh, he doesn't get hired because... It's not one that carries, and 
So number thir- number two, I have John Shea uh, from Lewis and Clark, The Adventures of Superman, I thought was a great villain. Uh, they really got close to understanding the character. And then number one, Michael Rosenbaum uh, from Smallville. The thing is, is Lex Luthor is potentially a great, great villain. I mean, especially in a day and age where we got people like Donald Trump running for president. And people worry about that man. It's got to be ridiculously easy to write a story about Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor is a corporate, he's a CEO who's a bully and he has a massive ego and he doesn't like anyone challenging his authority and he doesn't like anyone being more powerful than he is. How do none of the movies see that this is a simple plot point? And it's a great story waiting to happen. But repeatedly they keep going back to the greatest criminal mind of our time. Or, you know, he's just this great criminal or this um, eccentric sociopath. He's, he's a little bit sociopathic, but he's not eccentric. The man is very cold. He, I mean, one, one of those moments that stands out is in the Superman Doomsday uh, animated video where they had this little point where he's talking with his assistant. He says, well, it looks like only you and I know what happened. And he just coldly shoots her in the head. The sec- this trusted assistant. I mean, it, that depicts the character he is. He's not like Lex. He's not like the Joker. He's not like the Riddler. He's just a cold and calculating, mischievous villain who was influential enough that he was able to become president of the United States. Number three. Low, next one, next up is uh, Lois Lane. Who's the best Lois Lanes? Um, number five, Kate Bosworth. Um, she was, eh, she was okay. Uh, Amy Adams is number four. I think she's really lacking in her screen. What she's got is a script. So that's really holding her back. Erica Durance, which was in Smallville, uh, was actually really good from an acting standpoint. Uh, the problem with Erica Durant was she did not have the script. And honestly, she should not have been in Smallville at all. Lois Lane being in Smallville really, really weakened the show. The minute that she comes into the show really, really turned me off from the series, the franchise. Um, number two, Terry Hatcher uh, from Lois, Lois and Clark Adventures of Superman. She is a very strong Lois Lane. And then number one, Margot Kidder. Uh, Margot Kidder, I liked. You know, she was a strong, independent woman. She knew her mind. She knew what she wanted. Yes, she was enthralled by Superman. Um, but it's kind of understandable given the nature of Superman. That's you'll never see anything like that ever. And so, and I'm not one that's gonna you know condemn a, a romance building. It's the way it goes. Uh, next ranking. Uh, I'm going to rank, here are the best Superman film soundtracks. So we're just looking at the movies here. So number, let's see, number, let's see, so one, two, three. Out of seven uh, movies with a soundtrack, uh, 
number one, number seven is Superman four, uh, the quest for peace. Number six, Superman three. Number five, Superman two. Uh, number four, uh, the Man of Steel, and Man of Steel had a really good. S- uh, soundtrack. Uh, you heard some of it a little bit ago. Uh, number three is Batman v Superman. Here's a strength that I didn't really mention in my review of it, but I did like its soundtrack. I especially loved, uh, I really liked the Wonder Woman theme that they got going there. Uh, kind of sad that there's no Batman theme really yet, but I did like the Wonder Woman theme. I also liked the Lex Luthor theme. Both of them were really solid. Uh, number two... This might be a surprise, but Superman Returns. Uh, Superman Returns just had an amazing soundtrack, just all around. It incorporated some of John Williams' music, but a lot of what it brought um, of its own accord, of its own strength, of its own new music. John Ottman, just a wonderful, wonderful soundtrack. I love listening to it. And number one, of course, is still... The classics, Superman, John Williams, uh, just loaded with great music in so many different moments. Now, here's where, and so with that, I'm going to combine, we're going to enter into my review mode. And understand that my review, I'm not going to review just one Superman movie here. I'm not going to review and analyze one. I'm going to review and analyze several Superman movies. And so, as such, we're going to use this moment to segue into that section. And I'm going to, at the start, I'm going to, so I'm going to rank uh, the best Superman, all, I'm going to rank all the best Superman movies. And I'm going to give a review of them at the same time. And when I come to an end of reviewing these Superman movies, then I'm going to give a bit of a, an analysis into it. Because, The reason I'm revealing all of these in one shot is because the theme I'm going to play on is all interconnected. So with that in mind, here is our segue audio for for the reviews of the old Superman movies. So that's a nice little intro, and that should give you a hint 
bit listening to those lines as to what I'm going to be focusing on. So let's rank the Superman movies. Um, there's actually going to be eight of them that I'm going to review. I'm going to rank, and there's a reason why there is uh, one more movie to be ranked than there are soundtracks. And the reason is because two of the movies on here actually have the exact same soundtrack. So here we go. Number eight, Superman for the Quest for Peace. If you've never seen this movie, it is one of the most awful movies ever made in the history of ever. And it's an awful, cheaply made movie. It's an embarrassment that was the last movie, Superman movie that Christopher Reeves did. Number Seven, Superman 3. Not as bad as Superman 4, but still pretty bad. It's kind of ridiculous. Uh, again, the budget's cheap. Not as cheap as Superman 4 was, but you can see a lot of cost-cutting corners. And really, really suffers. Uh, number 6, Batman v Superman, The Dawn of Justice, which just came out this week. Um, that seems kind of harsh, I know. But it's it's really lacking in many ways. So going backwards, so Superman four, I probably give um, half a star. For Superman three, I will give one and a half stars. Uh, Batman for v Superman, as I mentioned before, two and a half stars. Uh, Superman Returns. Um, is will be the next one. So we're number five. Superman Returns is a movie that's got some strong moments in it. The soundtrack is powerful, and the soundtrack really carries a lot of the scenes. There's moments of really strong direction, but it's very, very much weighted down, even more so than by its performances. It's being weighed down. By the plot, the script, the story just really anchors this down from being as good as could be. But I'm going to give it a two and a half stars, but it's a two and a half stars that's just a little bit better than Batman v Superman. Uh, number four, Superman 2. Um, movie that's got a lot of good moments to it, but could definitely be... Uh, it's kind of weakened by the change in directors. Uh, Richard Lester is the one that took over as a director and is weakened by some of his um, silly gags that he throws throughout the movie. And for that, I'll give it three stars. Uh, number three, Man of Steel uh, came out only a few years ago. Uh, the first one with Henry Cavill. Um, the first part of the movie of Man of Steel has some really good drama, really good scenes. Um, I especially love the moment where um, Clark is a kid and he's the, his powers start going off and he's hearing these sounds, he's having the x-ray vision go off and he's just terrified. And there's this beautiful touching moment uh, with his mom uh, talking to him, trying to talk him through this situation. Uh, beautiful scene uh i like the some of the interactions between him and his father father jonathan can't play by kevin costner uh my biggest problem is i don't like how kevin costner died 
I thought it was kind of a cheap death, and it did not have the have as much impact as the first Superman movie did. Um, and then the last part of the movie, the destruction level is just so massive. And especially when you watch what the way Batman v Superman starts, it is reminding you that there's probably literally millions of people, probably thousands and thousands and thousands of people who died in that battle and makes that scene just thoroughly tragic. So for that reason, Man of Steel, you know, I'm going to give it uh, three and a half stars. Uh, it's really a movie that could be so, so much better than it was. Uh, Superman, the original Superman film, uh, 1978 with, um, with Christopher, um, Christopher Reeves. I put that number two. And the thing that makes it, uh, such a good movie, uh, is Christopher Reeves is just, Pitchport was the best Superman, uh, he wonderfully displays why people might not realize that Clark Kent is Superman. You know, he slouches. The he's not confident of himself, and it, he and he does it in a way so that the people who are closer to him would never even begin to imagine that he might be Superman. And the way that his father dies in that movie is much more impactful because his father dies of a heart attack, and you know that's. You know, it's a teaching lesson for Superman. It reminds him that he can't save everyone. And that's an absolutely necessary scene in the development of his character. Uh, I like the sequence in the movie where he's going around saving people. That's something I really think Man of Steel is missing. Um, because when you see all those things happening in the first Superman... It gives a little bit more impact when something bad happens to him. And so for that reason, um, the main weakness of it is the Lex Luthor's plot and everything involving him is kind of where the movie goes weak. So for that reason, I'm going to give it also three and a half stars, but it's kind of a three and a half stars. It's a little bit that's, you know, better than Man of Steel. And so that leaves me with my number one Superman film, and that is Superman 2, uh, the, the Richard Donner cut. Now, this one is only found on DVD, and it's the Superman 2, the way it was envisioned. And this movie makes many improvements. Um, I like General Zod so much better in Superman 2. Um, not to say that... Oh. Excuse me, that the Man of Steel version was bad. It's just I think uh, this one was better, and uh, the story was much better developed, and it very much feels it feels quite a bit more like this is a continuation that it comes from the same world and life of the first Superman Superman movie. Now I understand that the original Super the Superman two is the way it was released in theaters. Um, was subject to a bunch of contract disputes, but still the Richard Don and I understand that, but it suffered, and the Richard Donner cut was definitely better. And for that, I give Richard Donner cut to be the best Superman movie ever made, and I give that four stars. So, 
With all of this in mind, we come to the, the themes. There is a consistent, coherent theme going on throughout the Superman films. The story of Superman in general. And these are themes that Richard Donner has admitted that he has inserted into his films. And given um, the background of the creators of Superman being Jewish, it's uh, quite notable. So this makes a lot of sense. So let's begin with the origin story of Superman. Superman's birth parents, a birth father, is named Jarrell. And Jarrell is a scientist on the planet Krypton, and he is trying to send his son away before Krypton blows up. And his son is named Kalel. And to give you a little insight, Kalel is actually the makeup of two Hebrew words. El literally means God. And Kal means voice. So Kalel is the voice of God. So there's a first point. In so he's trying so what they do is they add the scene. So going from the first film, the original film, uh, Superman, you know, Kal-El is thrown, is put into this um, ship, which in the first film, if you're looking down at it, up from, you know, up above, it looks like a basket. Huh. Who was put in a basket and sent away from his parents in order that he may be saved from destruction? Hmm, well, that'd be Moses. Moses was placed in a basket, sent down the, the river, and he ended up in, you know, the, uh, the riverbed of Pharaoh. So, there's allusions there. And notice, Kalel, again, you know, remember, it means voice of God. Moses serves as a voice of God throughout the Old Testament. This, however also um, has some symbolism in Jesus in that Jesus uh, is also been called, can also be referred to as the voice of God or the word he is God he is the word and so when the ship is flying away um, you know from Krypton there's scenes where that ship looks like it's uh, the star of David at some angles and at other angles it looks like it could be the star that the Magi are following to get to the, um, the newborn Messiah, the newborn king. The speech that um, Jarrell gives is very informative, uh, informed by John 10.30 and you know, John 10.37-38. So it says here, in John 10.30 it says, I and the Father are one. Again, a few verses later, it says, I am not doing the works of my Father. If I am not doing the works of my Father, then do not believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works, that you may know and understand that the Father is in me, and I am in the Father. Uh, there's this theme going on throughout Superman 1 and Superman 2, the Richard Donner cut, about... Uh, 
Kalel and and his father and Jarel becoming one. That the father will become the son, and the son will become the father. And this is a very um, major ongoing theme in the Superman films. Um, when Kalel arrives on Earth, he he finds himself with new parents, adoptive parents. In Moses' case, he found himself with the adoptive parents of Pharaoh's daughter. In the case of Jesus, he's with the adoptive parent of Joseph. Similarly, Superman, Kal-El, Kal-El is found himself with the adoptive parents of Martha and Joseph Kent. Uh, he lives, he grows up living as a Kryptonian, but also but being raised as a human. Uh, Moses was born a Hebrew, but he was raised uh, as an Egyptian. Jesus was, is in fact God of gods, yet he is also man. Uh, Mary, you know, Martha and Joseph, or Jonathan, they're farmers. They're of humble upbringing. So also, Mary and Joseph are of humble upbringing. Again, more parallels. Um, uh, Superman eventually gets what is known as the uh, Fortress of Solitude. This place where he goes to meditate and rest. Very much like Jesus had his garden in Gethsemane. Um, he enters the he enters the solitude, fortress of solitude as a young man. When he returns, he is roughly the age of thirty as Superman. Not of coincidence, but <sighs> Jesus was thirty years old when he was baptized and his ministry began. And so, and at the very end of this little conversation that he has with his father, his father says this: "That I, for this reason above all." I have sent you, sent them you, my only son. Which should, to any Christian, sound like, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So, uh, you know, John three sixteen. So the images and the comparisons and the contrast between uh Jesus or Moses and Superman works throughout the films. And this carries into the film uh, Superman Returns where um, you know he's beaten and he's just absolutely tortured uh, towards the end of the movie, very reminiscent of the sufferings that would be fresh in people's minds given the what was at the time the recent popularity of the Passion of the Christ. Uh, there's... Sadly, there's also some comparisons or similarities to the Da Vinci Code, which is kind of annoying, but there's definitely similarities to um, the Passion, and the, especially in his final encounter with Luther. And then Man of Steel reinforces some of that. And then the movie that just came out, Super, you know, Batman v Superman, the Christology is still very much at work. 
Superman is very much played off in liter- in the com in the way he's portrayed in the films. He's very much portrayed as a sort of Superman, and or a sort of Christ or a sort of Jesus figure, and so, and I think there's I don't know how. I know a lot of that's intentional, but I know how much is. The whole idea, the primary idea, is that when you hear about what Jesus has done, but when you look at the story, it reminds you of Jesus. And it communicates the gospel, or reinforces it for you in a way you wouldn't have otherwise. And it also does open up opportunities that when you're going to a movie with somebody, you go to Batman v Superman, um, the Dawn of Justice, and you think about the fact that Superman is very often portrayed as a Christ figure. If you watch that movie, and in relation to that thought, the reality that he's a Christ figure, then, then, um, you're going to see things. You're going to see some very clear images of Jesus in that film. And hopefully it will reinforce you and remind you of what Jesus has done for all of us on the cross. So that's my thoughts and the ideas for this week uh, on the Superman films. Uh, it was a little bit of this week and I hope it was engaging for you and it gets you thinking. And I hope it enriches your movie going experience, especially in relationship to your faith. So with that in mind, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. This is recording of the Key Row Film Society. I am Pastor Neil Wemus. And if you'd like to find out more about me and my congregations that I serve, you may check out www.iowaoclutherans.org and there you will find out uh, about our church. Thank you and God bless.